When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. WRKS Pickens Jackson. It's all coming back from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. And there it comes again. Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. What is that? What is that? The Soul. Oh, good morning. What is happening? We'll have Pete Labin on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line at 8.15. General Manager of the M Braves. Pete Labin, 8.15, opening day tomorrow. Looking forward to that. 8.30, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. And, yeah, so Palazzolo, there's plenty of NFL news out there. Good grief, the NFL they always own the real estate. Man, oh, man, oh, man. And then at 9.30, we'll have uh, David Johnson, Ole Miss Insider, on some Ole Miss football and the uh, QB1 race in Oxford. May mix in a little bit of recruiting. Ole Miss has ripped off uh, several commitments here lately. And Mississippi guys, after only – Blake, what would you tell me? Two or three Mississippi guys last year. Was it? It, it was what, three. Suntarine and Aiden and one more. Yes. So uh, Lane, from Moss Point, the Lane, D lineman. Lane Kiffin has gone in three straight classes. His percentage of Mississippians has gone twenty four percent, twenty two percent, and twenty percent. Okay, so they're going to sign a ton of Mississippi kids this year. So is Mississippi State, and there's going to be some schools from out of state: Hugh Freeze, Kirby, Saban. I, I think Kelly. my question for Kiffin is not so much does he go in state with high school slash. JUCO recruiting because I think he will but Ooh. does he go heavier high school JUCO than transfer for the first time in three years well you know that's a great question that's a good question and can you do that after the way you you know how do you uh, money talk you, does does he sign 20 high school players this year 22 23 and then add another 
dozen transfers or that, that's a great yeah what will the ratio be what 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 will the numbers look like okay and then Arnett and the staff um not well they got their QB which is huge I mean that that's kind of your you know you you want to go ahead and get your your QB in the boat and and knock that out and uh people are raving about this young man out of Mobile uh, we'll see We'll see. Uh, Barbe, Barbe and, and uh, I guess some of the other guys on the offensive staff, along with Arnett, they, they looked at it early and said, this is, this is the guy that, um, that we want. And so uh, Josh Flowers is the guy out of, out of Mobile. And he's, he's highly thought of. He's already a pretty big kid, too. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. For the Masters, let's go bone-in ribeye and uh, that shrimp lejeune, the bacon-wrapped shrimp. And then, of course, we'll go with a uh, Long Branch Bourbon Manhattan. Long Branch Bourbon Manhattan. Mm. Make sure to call for Long Branch at Kessler Prime. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Pete Lavin coming up next, then Steve Palazzolo at 8.30. David Johnson, inside the Rebels. David Johnson, inside the Rebels at uh, 9.30 on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. So there we go. Also, a little bit of a change in the starting rotation for Mississippi State. Cade Smith back and healthy. He'll go today in Tuscaloosa. And Dordery will go tonight uh, for Ole Miss. Then you got Revis. And Quinn for Ole Miss. On the Mississippi State side, you got Gerangelo and Gartman. So dome to the pin. We'll see how that looks. Teams desperately need a one a win, two a series win. Win tonight, two series win. So there we go. Two of three, baby. Two of three. Would be would really cool everything down. And make it, you know, you got a big fire going right now. You gotta gotta get that thing contained and and under control and for Lamonis he's trying to extend his career uh, in Starkville that's a crazy statement that's an insane statement to make it is I have people tell me that there's no way that they will let him go and I have people who tell me you know he's gone and I, nobody knows yet. It's got to play out. Zach Selman doesn't know, so that means nobody knows. But, uh, but man, I know we keep going back to this. You know, a, a a very smart, sharp, you know, unbelievable resume, background, new AD, new AD in Starkville, Mississippi. It's crazy. Key Carter's been in Ox, been the athletic director. If you count interim, and then AD, I mean, he's going on several years now. What is it? Five. Um, four, four or five since uh, Bjork um, somehow got the A and M job. Talking about Peter Principal, and and Zach Selman is a brand new AD, and I we just didn't see this coming, or did we? If if John Cohen was still AD, would he would the decision to hire or fire not hire to keep or fire Lamonis be different? Yes. Why? Explain that. Because John is a one. He's a baseball guy. 
two, he would have, let's see, John would be on year at that point, seven like eight, as yeah, athletic director. Like that, yeah. So Scott Strickland left in the fall of 2016. And so Cohen would be in year seven. And uh, Cohen, look, he, I, I look at him as a quick trigger guy. Not a lot of patience, regardless of sport. Um, we're going. We'll keep. It's almost like Palazzolo says, "Keep, keep drafting quarterbacks." I think Cohen and even Greg Byrne. I, I think their approach is keep, keep firing and hiring until you land on the right guy. I mean, Inter- I mean, we saw that with Joe Moorhead, and obviously the. I know the Andy Canizero thing had off-the-field circumstances, but again, there was no time wasted, right? I mean, yeah. it's he has been quick. And for the most part, there was no time wasted in the Gary Henderson decision at the end of the year either. I mean, he's kind of like, thanks, Gary. We're on to the next one. You know what I mean? Like, that's he, he was that way. Will he be that way with Hugh Freeze? <laughs> uh, will he be that way with – no, he won't have to be. Freeze will be fine. Okay, and if Freeze uh, drops a six and six, um, his his floor is going to be really really high at Auburn, Blake. So, so if Freeze does drop a six and six at Auburn, uh, while John will be frustrated, he'll be uh, he'll be fine. Okay, he better start be recruiting. <laughs> I think I'm I just think saying. Free- I'm just saying that Auburn's been. I was looking at that athletic article that we talked about earlier in the week. Art Auburn has been. It's Auburn might as well be like Tougaloo College in Mississippi when it comes to facing Alabama and recruiting. Well, and yet they've had success against Bama. They had them beat two years ago with that team. If Tank Big Bigsby stays in bounds, um, there's just something about Auburn, man. When they when they get right, um, no doubt they're they're just so damn good, and they're nasty and they're tough. And and Freeze is going to be fine, man. He, he'll he'll win um, ten games before you know it. Especially the Freeze factor. He'll be in the college football playoff <laughs> in a couple of years. It, it will not. It will not take long. Is he making it before Kiffin? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just yeah. check. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll take that bet. Yes. Tell me how much to load up on it. Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Well, we're gonna visit. We're gonna talk some baseball, but we're gonna talk some major league, minor league baseball. Um, with Pete Lavin, the M Braves, and he will stop by on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line at uh, well next segment eight fifteen. The show is brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. We'll also have a leaderboard update, powered by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. And it's opening day for the Mississippi Braves tomorrow. Opening day for the M Braves tomorrow in Pearl. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Opening day tomorrow in Pearl, Mississippi Braves, baby. Double A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. All hail Dale Murphy, number three. And maybe that's the only tattoo I would get, Blake. We talked about tattoos yesterday, the day before. Maybe it would just be a number three uh, in honor of one of the greatest Americans to ever live. And uh, that would be not Benjamin Franklin, but Dale Murphy. M Braves, opening weekend, baby. Biloxi Shuckers. Tomorrow through the weekend, we're excited to welcome in our friend Pete Lavin, general manager of the AA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves and the M Braves, Mississippi Braves. Lavin joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Pete Lavin, good morning. What's up, buddy? Not much, Bo. How are you, man? I'm good. Are, are y'all ready? I mean, I can't believe it's it's already here. Are you excited? Is your team excited? Oh, man, they rolled in, I guess, Monday. Uh, been working out all week, you know, uh, yeah, 24 hours away. Tomorrow's the big day and, uh, got the rival shuckers in town from Biloxi. So that just adds to it a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're excited about the team. We have a new manager. I can't wait for you to meet him. Uh, uh, Kanakoa Teixeira, we call him Tex. It's a lot easier. And, uh, he, uh, uh, he's Hawaiian, been in the Braves system for a while. Great guy. Can't wait for you guys to meet him. Kanakora Teixeira. I think I just butchered that text. Uh, <laughs> I cannot wait. First of all, that name is awesome. Okay. And yes. two, his nickname is awesome. So I'm really fired up about this. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, you guys have partnered with a new food and beverage company. And yes. I know you're excited about it. Tell us some of the things uh, people are going to be walking into the ballpark tomorrow and Saturday. All right, w- mm-hmm. what are some of the things that they could see? Not just this weekend, but as the season unfolds. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be great! Yeah, we're excited about the uh, partnership with OVG Hospitality. They have venues all over the world. You know, brand new concert venues from Baltimore to LA, and uh, really doing a lot in professional baseball now too. And uh, but honestly, I think a lot of the uh, new changes, concessions are with uh, Blake Scott in mind. Uh, you know, we got sweets and boozy ice cream now. Uh, yeah, that's right. Alcohol-infused ice cream on the uh, concourse. And uh, um, also, with part of the sweet and boozy ice cream partnership is the uh, sweet and boozy woozy bat race on field during the game. I know you've all seen the busy bat race. So let me know the night and then we'll pit you guys against each other in the, uh, the woozy bat race uh, on oh field. My gosh. <laughs> I, oh, I, I definitely, Blake Scott has to do that. There, yes. There's, there's no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah. That's, we'll, we'll, what is we'll the, uh, what, what's the theme for uh, tomorrow night or this weekend? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, always opening day is always kind of like a holiday to me and, uh, you know, sports fans, you guys, everybody. It's a special night. You know, you put out the bunting on the railings. We have a Dixieland jazz band coming, the Jackson All-Stars. They've been coming the last few years. They're phenomenal. Just playing outside the gates. People walk in and you 
smell the popcorn. We got fireworks after the games Friday and Saturday. And then the Easter egg hunt prior to the 2 o'clock game on Sunday. And something we're doing all weekend is $1 from every ticket sold online or at the box office. Uh, we'll go to the Red Cross for uh, Rolling Fork r- Relief. Um, so we'll be doing that all weekend. And the Atlanta Braves Foundation will actually match uh, the donation. So we're looking forward to that. That's awesome. Good. All right, so who do you think is going to be our uh, in-studio? Let me let me ask a selfish question. Pete Lavin, mm-hmm. Mississippi Braves general manager on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. By the way, the Farm Bureau Grill has been renovated within the last few years. Great. The line of sight is awesome. Great place to grab a beverage and some food and enjoy a few innings of M Braves baseball. What's great about the park is you can kind of dance around. You can catch a little bit here, a little bit there, and um, that's why we're fortunate to have a park like that. Who do you think is going to be our first in-studio player guest or guest player? I think we got some uh, some great choices this year. Uh, uh, Drew Lugbauer, who came in uh, last year, we're excited to have back. I don't know how long we'll have him, but our Home Run King uh, is back just to put more distance between uh, him and anybody else trying to reach that Mississippi Braves all-time record. Uh, Drew's great, and then uh, got some other guys yes. I got to know well last year, like Cody Milligan, uh, Jacob Pearson, uh, Cade Bunnell. But uh, you let me know uh, when you want us to roll over there, and uh, we'll have a good time like we always do. Okay, that that's going to happen. Yeah, Drew... I think I have this right. Drew is a Michigan Wolverine alum. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy, great player. He is a super dude. And his team has now gone back-to-back on Ohio State. So we'll have to – I know he was a a happy guy, the fact that they lost forever, got a win, and then followed it up with another one. You know, the Masters is – comes comes around on a very busy week for minor league general managers. So I don't even know if you've had a chance to think about it or if you can even pick a winner um, because of opening day. But we've got first round of the Masters today all the way through Sunday. Is there a player that jumps out that you think – that you want to win or think may win? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with JT, Justin Thomas. Nice. Okay. Alabama Crimson Tide grad. I like that. That kills. Yeah, kills his chances. But uh, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll say Thomas right now today. Make the call. All right. Um. All right, Bud. Well, look, we're we're excited about uh, the Brave season. We're excited about working with y'all, getting out to the ballpark, checking out the new um, elevated food and beverage meeting some of the players. I can't wait to meet this manager. You said his nickname is Tex, right? Yep. We'll go with Tex. And, uh, he's, uh, he's phenomenal. Players love him. He was in uh, A-ball with uh, the Rome Braves last year. So he's been with a lot of these guys on their way up. So it's, uh, it's going to be a great fit. Cool. Pete Lavin, general manager of the M Braves and the Mississippi Braves, opening day tomorrow. Uh, won't you have fireworks Friday and Saturday, Pete? Yeah, Friday and Saturday uh, post game. We got a six thirty five first pitch 
tomorrow. We'll be featuring some Rolling Fork residents for that. And uh, and then uh, 6.05 start Saturday, post-game fireworks. Come early Sunday with the kids for the uh, Easter egg hunt in the outfield. Easter egg hunt in the outfield on Sunday in Braves Ballpark. They're also honoring... Um, the tornado victims from Rolling Fork. Lots going on opening weekend uh, out in Pearl for the Mississippi Braves. How about this? First four text, get a pair of tickets to well, – you pick the day this weekend, all right? First four text, 601-885-3776, and you get a pair of tickets to the Mississippi Braves game, whether it's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday this weekend. Pete Lavin will do this several times throughout the season, and I look forward to seeing you in studio soon. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks. See you, buddy. Pete Lavin, Lavin Mania, joining us on the Out of Bounds Show, M Braves, Mississippi Braves. First four texts, get a pair of tickets to whatever game you pick this weekend for the Mississippi Braves and the M Braves. Opening day tomorrow, 635 fireworks. You got the Easter egg hunt on Sunday. Um, throwing out the first pick pitch, um, rolling fork residents, all kinds of good stuff going on, Blake. So I'm excited. I I love what the Embraves and Pete do in terms of the fan engagement. Like you said, whether it's the bat race or the mascot races or all the different giveaways or the themes or stuff like that, it it, uh, it makes going to the game a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, do you have a Masters update? I can on the other side. Okay. Uh, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Take your golf game to another level before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Steve Palazzolo. Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. All right, uh, I am watching the Masters. Am I allowed to do this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna interview one of the best NFL interviews in the country. I mean, when every year when Steve Palazzolo ranks the, you know, media hits that he does, it goes out of bounds. Show Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, some of the podcasts that he does, and then so on. And this is the respect that, that Blake and I have for Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. I've got the Masters up, and I'm watching it, which, by the way, it looks like pretty good weather there. The weather around in the Sun Belt right now is not necessarily awesome. And I'm also going to interview uh, our guy, Steve Palazzolo, who joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. By the way, our show today is brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Uh, obviously, in honor of the Masters and the Masters weekend. Edwin Watts Golf Shop, Counting Line Road. Take your golf game to another level before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club for the best selection of golf clubs, golf balls, and everything golf at Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Steve Palazzolo, happy Thursday, buddy. How are you? Doing great. Hey, I'm about to do the same thing. I'm about to go live on a podcast in about 30 minutes or an hour. 
and I'll have the Masters on too. Just going to throw it on my <laughs> iPad while we're live. So I, I get love it. it. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, who's going to win this? Uh, who, all right, is it Scheffler? Is it Rory? Is it Kepka? Is it Cam Smith? What what direction is is Steve Palazzolo going this weekend? Who's your winner? I like. Uh, I'll go with Scheffler. Because my uh, my kids like Scheffler, they like uh, they like reading for him every single week. So we'll go with the uh, simple one. I get to watch more Masters Thursday and Friday while I'm at work than I do over the weekend because you know the four kids running around. So I'll get my fix here to, uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, I let's talk Emmanuel Forbes and Jonathan Mingo. Let's start with Forbes. Had a hell of a career, Steve. Um, whenever you start as a true freshman in the SEC and perform well. Pretty amazing, especially when you're not on one of the better teams. Um, I, I, this theory is, I think, kind of unfolding over the last few years when you start for Georgia and Bama and how, how much buffer you have around you compared to some of the other teams like State Ole Miss, Arkansas, and South Carolina. Uh, and, and his first year was all conference games because of COVID, Steve, 10 conference games. Kid's been yep. a dynamic playmaker from the start. Talk about what you see in him as a prospect, and where do you think he could go in a few weeks? Yeah, Forbes, so uh, we're about to, on our uh, the PFF NFL podcast right now, we're about to do our cornerback ranking show. That, that's what's coming up in an hour. So um, I like Forbes a lot. I, think, uh, I, gotta, I don't have my list directly in front of me, but I think I have him as my number four corner. And I know on the PFF draft board we have him at five. The consensus draft board has him at five, I believe. Um, you know, so that's a lot of different outlets, you know, rolled up into one. And I'm, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Forbes is a, is a late first rounder. I think the question there is going to be 166 pounds. You know, we just saw Cameron Dantzler a couple of years ago being a, you know, at about 170, right? Um, I think that's the only real question that NFL teams are going to have. And it's an interesting year for corners where there's a lot of guys in that 175, 180 pound range who are good players. But when you watch the actual tape with Forbes, so aggressive at the catch point. He is an, uh, he's a ball hawk. He's an aggressive tackler. You know, he plays like a guy who says, hey, I'm 166. I need to make up for it with some physicality, and I, I got to play above my, my playing weight. I love the way he plays. So um, I like Forbes a lot. I think it's an interesting cornerback class where there's a few names that I think have separated themselves at the top. But I think, I think Forbes is in that second tier, and, and I think I'd be, I'd be happy taking him probably late first. I'd be thrilled in the second. If that's where I got him, I think the on-field production, uh, everything that you mentioned, you know, I, I try to, I try to do uh, more of like a production model for players uh, that involves combine and all that stuff. And Forbes shows out very well in that. So I like him a lot. I like him a lot as a player, and yeah, definitely hearing his name more in the, in the first round conversation. And, and you're you're really confident that he'll be off the board by the end of the second, right? I'm not confident about anything NFL draft related. I, I think if people go in, I mean, let's just be serious here. I, I, I think draft analysts are, think that they're paid to be confident in exactly what's going to happen when we don't know. I mean, so I'm not that confident, but I do think, yeah, I mean, I think he's a good enough player that he's going in, say, the top 50 picks. Um, but again, it takes, it takes one team to pick them. It takes several teams to say, oh, he's too small for us. He's too slight. He doesn't fit our measurables, whatever it might be for guys to drop, you know, and for other, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of variables there. But, yeah, I like I like Forbes at least in the top 50. I like the way you frame that up with, with draft experts. Really, we don't know anything, 
but we try to, you know, do research and come up with the best educated guess. I, I like that. All right. Well, so hopefully Forbes will go in the in the top two rounds. Like you said, very talented. The only knock is weight, and I do believe that that is something he can overcome, and I, I think he can add another 10-plus pounds easily to to that frame. Uh, Steve Palazzolo on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. He's doing podcasts, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. They're everywhere. Uh, all right, let's go to Jonathan Mingo. Now, Mingo had a nice career at Ole Miss. He looks unbelievable on the field as far as physically. What do you see in Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver from Ole Miss, as a prospect? Yeah, so he's a fascinating prospect right now, too. So we ranked uh, our receivers on our podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I think I was a little bit low on Mingo. I'm going to go back and, and rewatch a little bit. My podcast partner, Sam, absolutely loved him. He put him at number eight on his wide receiver rankings, but he was talking to me off air. He's like, wait a second, I actually want to put him at three or four. You know, he's like, I actually like him more than, than Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. And, and he even compared Mingo to, uh, Quentin Johnston, who's getting, you know, the first round hype out of TCU. Uh, you know, my buddy Sam doesn't love Quentin Johnston from TCU. And he's like, I'd rather have Mingo, you know, in the second, right? With, with you know, a l- little bit later in the draft. And, and then we had uh, Senior Bowl Director Jim Nagy on our podcast yesterday who said people are sleeping on Mingo. He's the guy that wide receiver coaches around the league are really high on that maybe the draft media hasn't caught up to yet. And, you know, for me, I think a big part of it is the good receivers in this class are all pretty small, right? You have a lot of good receivers. Dave Flowers from Boston College, Josh Downs from UNC, Tank Dell from Houston. You have all these undersized type of receivers. And I've talked to a lot of people around the league who are like, man, I don't love any of these receivers. But I think if you're looking for a big, fast receiver, there's not a lot of options in the draft. But Jonathan Mingo is one of them. He's big. He's fast. It showed up on the field at the Senior Bowl when he had those one-on-ones against other good corners. Um, it shows up in some of our metrics where we track game speed. You know, Mingo's got maybe the best game speed of any receiver in this class from what we've saw, from what we've seen over the last couple of years. So I, I think he's a you know it, calling a guy a riser is really just hey the draft media is catching up to what the NFL thinks. But I think Mingo. Is start, I'm starting to believe he's going to hear his name called in the second and that there's going to be some teams, you know, maybe looking at him in the 40s or 50s thinking, hey, this is the guy that we really want. This is the big outside receiver that we want. Um, the production's up and down, but the on-field, you know, size, movement, you know, things that you mentioned, all of that stuff stands out in this class of really small, slight wide receivers where I think Mingo, uh, you know, stands out as just a different type of option. Well, that's awesome. Good for him if he can, you know, maybe he can, maybe he is and will continue to see a bump and and rise up the boards. It's, that's interesting what you just laid out for us, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, because uh, I see everything that you're talking about, right? Physically gifted, strong, fast, uh, all that. And it also... The, the the fact that so many of these wide receivers are small in stature uh, this particular year, but I thought he had an underwhelming career for the most part yeah. at Ole Miss. So that's 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 interesting that that he's got the buzz now. When I thought you know he was solid to pretty good, but nothing 
nothing special in the SEC the last four years. Yeah, I mean, so I think when, when I look at a guy like Mingo, you know, you watch his film, you've got that, he's got that crazy one-handed catch, I think it was against Central Arkansas, a uh, crazy one-handed catch down the field, and then you have these other routes that are a little underwhelming. Uh, Brian Branch from Alabama made a great play on him on a two-way go. He should have that advantage against a guy like Branch, an undersized nickel, but um, with Mingo, I think with, with the NFL's looking at it, if the long speed plays, Right, you see a guy like Marquez Valdez Scantling for Kansas City last year. Yeah. He's their third or fourth option, but he's just the same thing he did at Green Bay, which was take the top off the defense, run deep over routes, run go routes, run post routes, and even if the production's not off the charts, you're drawing defenders, and every now and again you're getting behind the defense, creating big plays. I think you could see teams maybe looking at Jonathan Mingo like that. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be our deep threat. He's going to be our our gravity guy, right? Full safeties and corners his way. Um, even if he's not as polished as a route runner and the production won't be high, hey, we expect this guy to average 16, 17 yards per catch in DRD threat. So I think that's where teams might be looking at Mingo, even though there's there's definitely parts of his game that could be better. Okay, that makes that makes sense with where we are in the NFL today as a third or four option, fourth option with what he can do down the field and stretching the defense. Okay, that, that makes sense. This will be, you know, will he... Will he go in the first three rounds? If he does, will he become a pretty productive NFL player after a nice career, but one that I think people thought he would do a lot more in Oxford, especially with the success that they've had at, at wide receiver the last 15 years. Steve Palazzolo, pro football focus on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Blake, go ahead. Yes, Steve, I wanted to piggyback off this because it brings up an interesting point, um, kind of how you're evaluating players as an NFL draft analyst. I understand every position is different, but why does it seem like so much we rely on what a QB accomplished or didn't accomplish in college individually and like what they show, whereas with a receiver like you just mentioned, Mingo, and maybe he may not be the best example, but it's the same theory, is why, why does he not have to show it? Like why can you see more traits and projectability in that position or in other positions? And then the QB, it seems like, hey, got to have so many starts, got to have this on tape, got to have that on tape. Well, these other positions don't necessarily have that, and yet they still go high. Yeah, good question, Blake. I thought you were going to fire off an early fantasy question, but yeah, that was a good one. I do have uh, a dynasty draft coming up in two days, so I'll text you, but it's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, text me. I'll give you, I'll give you all my, uh, my sleepers. Um, so it, it is a really good question. So here's my answer. Every position is different in the NFL because receiver, you can play to a guy's strengths. You can hide him, so to speak, right, if you want, and you can just let him do what he does well. I think D.K. Metcalf is a great example of that. D.K. Metcalf went to Seattle, and he ran go routes, post, and slant for the most part, and he's awesome at those things, right? Go cover D.K. Metcalf on a go, right? Go try to stay, you know, keep up with his size and physicality. If you make D.K. Metcalf you know, run all the underneath stuff and try to be this you know, quote-unquote complete receiver – you're just going to waste reps. So uh, certain positions, you can't hide your weaknesses, right? If you're a, a cornerback and you're bad at something or you're, you, know, you have a weakness, you might be able to get hidden and say like a zone scheme versus a man scheme. But overall, the, defense, the offense can find you. If you're a receiver and you're one of three or four options and you're just good at being a deep threat or just good after the catch or just good as a possession guy, teams can play to those strengths. So I think it depends on the position. And that's why receiver, I always say, is a – you know, which flavor are you looking for? When we put receiver rankings together, 
everybody's top 10, 15 will all be different. And it's going to be what teams are looking for. Do they want size and a deep threat? Do they want an underneath, uh, you know, after the catch type of guy? So I, I just think it's the nature of the receiver position that you can look and say, here's what this guy does well. If we play to those strengths, we can get production out of him. Whereas other positions, like say offensive line, if you can't pass protect, it doesn't matter how good of a run blocker you are, you can get exposed. Whereas if a receiver, if you're not a great route runner, hey, we could just, you know, run you deep all the time and, you know, hope you catch a few passes down the field. I love that. Okay. If you're left tackle, we can't look at it like that. But, or right. corner. Um, or QB, or, of course. Or QB, QB yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're great at, at short and intermediate but never can do the long ball, or you can, you can make the long ball throw but can't be super accurate within. Okay, got it. Th- that's that's good. That's really good. Steve Palazzolo, pro football focus. Who is, who's your number one receiver on your board? I like Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. I, I think he's the, the cleanest prospect. He, he works mostly out of the slot at Ohio State, but he certainly has the skills to win outside. I think he's he's the best route runner. Uh, he, he looked on tape like he ran four five five. Um, he ran four five three. You know, he doesn't look fast. He doesn't play super fast, but I think he's the best guy getting open. And um, I think he'll immediately become uh, just a high volume uh, receiving threat, a Keenan Allen type, we'll say. Uh, Amonra St. Brown type, the way those guys are being used around the NFL. So I like Smith and Jigba as probably the cleanest, um, other than last year's injury, you know, but, um, but I think he's the best receiver in this class. With, with Bryce Young and the top five guys at quarterback, how would you describe this QB class? Average? Good? Meh? You know, the, the, the top five, I mean, I don't, I don't even know who you're but, – but if you look at Young and Stroud and Levis and Richardson and Hendon Hooker, and maybe you had somebody else in there and that's fine. But as a whole, how do you grade this class? A C or what would you go with? Uh, I think it's like a C plus, B minus. Okay. You know, I, I really – because all of the prospects have uh, – I. A yeah, but about them, right? I like Bryce Young a lot, but he's he's really small and and you know historically small, and we just don't know how that's going to play. I, I think C.J. Stroud could be really good with a really good with a good supporting cast around him as a distributor of the ball. I think Stroud could be good. Of course, we know Anthony Richardson; his projections could be all over the place. He's got a lot of places where he needs to improve, but he can mitigate that with his special athleticism. I think Will Levis is a huge question mark, uh, where he's just a bag of tools still. And, uh, you know, whether it's Hendon Hooker or, you know, other quarterback, I mean, Hooker's got his own questions, being 25 years old, coming off the ACL, coming off this uh, very college-friendly system that has almost nothing that translates to the NFL. So, and he's 25, 26 years old. So, I, there's so many question marks for all the guys at the top. So, I, overall, I'd say, hey, it's a C-plus type of class i think two of those guys probably hit historically two out of five will probably hit and, and i think that's fair um just not sure exactly what that's going to look like you know, i got the most mm-hmm. faith in bryce young but i you know i'm also a little scared of his slight stature and everything but i think he's the, the best qb in the bunch okay i think i would give the qb class a c minus d plus for this year um you're hard think- greater though you're hard yeah I, well, you're right. I, I think you're sleeping on Hen and Hooker. I, I think all that stuff can be can be taught. I what 
Couldn't 25 be an asset instead of a a detriment or a liability? A, a liability? Steve, the fact that Hendon Hooker is, is 25, he seems like he's got his stuff together and, and you know, had a, I mean, he took a program that had been dog poo-poo for 15 years and and yeah. elevated every – I mean, man, when you beat Bama um, in, the, in the game that he had and then when you go down to Tiger Stadium and, and win there and actually some other games that he just he, – I felt like he carried the team, Steve. Yeah, so it, to me the context there is it, it's not so much, oh, he's older, therefore he can't improve. It's, it's, it's the way they do it in baseball, right? Like if I go, when I was in low A, or I was in rookie ball, and I was 24 years old playing against 21-year-olds, I dominated. I did great. But it's like, of course I should. I was 24. You're supposed to dominate 21-year-olds. Like they, they focus on that a lot at baseball, right, in baseball, because you have to make minor league adjustments. So the adjustment here is, yes, Hendon Hooker was awesome. They beat Bama. They did some great stuff. But Hendon Hooker is also a year younger than Lamar Jackson when he's doing that, right? So that's where the context comes in, right? Here's this 25-year-old man playing in college football. It, yes, be impressed with what he did, but also understand here's a guy that normally would be in year three of his NFL career when he's doing this. Your, your physical development, your maturity, and all that stuff is probably higher, right? So then the question is, how do you weigh what you just saw? Right, it's more impressive if what you just saw was from a 21 or 22 year old than if it was a 25 year old. So that's, I think, where that stuff needs to get get weighed just a little bit when it comes to the age stuff. Not that he can't improve between the ages of 25 and 30 or anything like that. It's that as a 25 year old, you're doing that against 21 year old kids. You should probably be dominating as he did, right? So it's so you don't want to just overweigh the performance versus say a performance from a Bryce Young who's much younger. Okay. Steve Palazzolo, NFL Insider, on the Out of Bounds Show. Okay, well, Steve, why does Tennessee's scheme hurt Hendon Hooker? But Oklahoma's, the Oklahoma Sooner scheme for 15 years didn't hurt the Oklahoma quarterbacks. I don't think, so the Oklahoma scheme, it's, it's not all the same, right? So the the Tennessee scheme is the Baylor tree, the old Art Bryles tree, where they're doing things in such a different way, right? Not only the really wide, wide receiver splits, but they they don't really even have reads to their offense. It, it is literally, we're going to spread you so wide and get fast receivers. We're going to force the defense to play one-on-one. They have to. They have to play one-on-one. And... We're going to run go balls and, and comebacks and slants, right? And, and, it's, and that's it, hitch routes and, and slants. Um, so we've seen a lot of Baylor quarterbacks. Bryce Petty was really productive in college. We've seen this where the it's just a whole bunch of deep balls where you just get your Jalen Hyatt's on one-on-one or Cedric Tillman's one-on-one and you let them play. Um, we, we track what, you know, how often a, a quarterback gets to their second read on a play. Hendon Hooker's done it 15 times over the last two years. Wow. 15 times he's had to go from one side of the field to the other. So, again, this doesn't mean he can't do it, right? None of this says, oh, he can't do it. It right. just means it is a projection to to see him play in a more traditional NFL-style offense. Okay, I know now, what I got to the Oklahoma ask. scheme, yeah, go ahead. All right, sorry. I, I, okay, so 15 times 
he he went from one side of the field to the other in two years. Do you know, I doubt it off the top of your head, do you know how many times Lamar Jackson did that at Louisville? Or, or was he asked to do that? Did Petrino demand that he do that? I don't, I, I don't know. I just watch the games and drink beer. I don't know the number, but it was high. It was okay. actually high. Because Got it. when Lamar came out, I said, do not say that Lamar Jackson just runs around and makes plays. He actually sits in the pocket, goes through reads, and when he runs, it's a called play. It's a design run for the most part. So Lamar, okay. he sat in there and tried to play quarterback a lot, yes. And again, okay. it's not a knock on Hooker. It's not a knock on Tennessee. It's an awesome college offense. It's really tough to project sure. anything from that Baylor tree to the NFL wow. for any position. Which goes to Matt Corral, which we don't have time for, but we have one minute and Blake wants to jump back in. Blake? Actually, I didn't realize we were out of time, so that okay. was my bad. I was going to keep well, look, going. No, no, I like where we're going here, and we'll have Steve on next week or the next, just depending on what's going on before the draft, because I want to I want to continue to build off Hooker, Oklahoma, the Browse Tree, Kiffin, and then where Steve would go next week. We're going to ask Steve if Mac, if everything was perfect and Matt Corral was healthy, where would he stack up with the five guys that were that we're talking about in the draft, Bryce Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson, and and Hooker. And then we'll continue to bounce back and forth on some of these college offenses. And I wonder if it's going to matter going forward. I guess it will. Okay, anyway, Steve Palazzolo, enjoy the Masters today and tomorrow. And we will catch up next week. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. The show is brought to you by the amazing, super premium Patron Añejo and Patron Extra Añejo Tequila, 100% Blue Agave. You can find it at Briarwood Wine and Spirits or any of the wine and spirit shops in Mississippi.